The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, special podcast at the MGM Grand Las Vegas for the big, big fight. I'd say fight of the year. Canelo versus Triple G. And we're down on Radio Row. And let me tell you, the energy level, there's nothing like a prize fight in Las Vegas. I've been here 20 plus years and we've got some great guests with us today. Two guys from ESPN Houston. Fred Fowler, you guys know Fred, most of you from pregame.com, also horse racing expert. He does pods with us on the Triple Crown, all three races, and his partner, long time, would we say it's a civil, how, how do we describe the partnership, Fred? <laughs> we don't hate each other. Yeah. yeah. That, hey. You're ahead of the game. Yeah, we've been working together nine years, and we we don't wow. hate each other. It's uh, yeah, that works out. AJ Hoffman <laughs> and AJ, you've actually got a background in combat sports. Right? I do. Yeah, I've uh, I've, I've got professional MMA fights, um, but I've been covering MMA and boxing since probably 2004 professionally, like before people really started to care about the UFC. I was back when uh, Dana White, you could call the UFC and he'd come on your local show whenever you wanted him to. It doesn't quite work that way anymore, but but yeah, I've, I've been covering fight sports for a long time. I love it. So what was your record in these fights? Uh, I won four fights and lost one. Okay, and then what led you to say, I mean, give us an analogy in Major League Baseball, right? So Major Leagues is UFC, Triple mm-hmm. A, Double A. What was the level? Uh, I fought at a couple different, like I fought one fight in Louisiana, which th- there's basically no rules there. It's like the Wild West. <laughs> uh, but uh, I also I fought for an organization called Legacy, uh, which so, was... So where would you say it was on that spectrum? At the time, it, I mean, it's... Uh, uh, it's probably a, a level below Bellator so it was UFC Bellator and then Legacy was one of the biggest regional promotions in the country uh, at the time and they've, they've since merged with a, a company called RFA so now they're called LFA but it's still one of the biggest regional MMA promotions out there. So what you're saying is you're a favor in almost any bar fight uh, I don't know about that, but I, I've, I'm uh, I'm not quite at fight sh- in, in fight shape these days but uh, but I, I, I'd, I'd probably your last do alright uh, I was guess two years ago something like that oh so you were fighting <laughs> up to two years ago yeah i didn't know that wow yeah. Yeah, he's a favorite on the podcast oh, wow so yes. we get, we, <laughs> we get <laughs> smarmy with him i'm gonna he, get a right cross it might be a favorite out. against all three of us that's what i meant and i don't know you guys got a lot of beef that's uh <laughs> <laughs> was that trying to be a compliment Fred? yeah I yeah, yeah, yeah i don't think so prime prime beef prime <laughs> you know i beat agf so bad on our houston spot i was oh. give him oh <laughs> And by the way, the guy that jumped in, because you know Steve Cofield, he won't sit back quiet for long. Cofield's with us. You know him from Don't Bet On It. We did a season of it last spring. Great response. ESPN Las Vegas. Also UFC and boxing and uh, for Yahoo for about five years. Yep. And uh, with SiriusXM for the last five with Fight Nation and Mad Dog, but a lot of Fight Nation stuff, doing post-fight, doing a lot of UFC coverage. So there's a, a station on there yeah. that is all combat? Right? Uh, combat sports and pro wrestling. Yep. Oh, okay. Wrestling's gigantic. Actually, wrestling has grown the channel. Yeah, massively. wrestling's massive. I, I, it's it, I don't get it, but there's a, a massive crossover between combat sports fans and pro wrestling well, fans. That Meltzer dude does both, right? And he's kind of the seminal guy in wrestling reporting, wouldn't yep. you say? Yep. I mean, even though I'm a big fan 
and I've said it a few times of the something to wrestle with podcast with Bruce Pritchard. And he, you know, he has a, I don't know if it's a, a work or a shoot, as they say. I think it's a little of both with Meltzer, uh, Bruce Pritchard. But yeah, no doubt. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, guys. We got Fred for about a half hour and ah, about 20 minutes. So we're going to lean on him initially. And he's off to some kind of big business meeting. He's an on-air radio guy and also an entrepreneur. He collects art. I mean, it's like uh, a renaissance man, you might say. You've got a novel coming out. What, what's the date on that? The uh, novel should be out December 1st. Okay. Is it done? It's done. We're just in production now. Okay. So. Exciting. And who's publishing it? Uh, we're publishing it through uh, a local company in Houston that does uh, uh, does. They do a lot of uh, mostly nonfiction, but they love this. So, so what's the elevator pit? Twenty seconds. What's the story? Uh, if you like uh, people making fun of religion, if you like gambling, if you like uh, the mob, <laughs> it's about a Jesus who drinks a lot, smokes a lot of weed, has a lot of sex, and uh, is told like stories of the Bible. Okay, How's that? <laughs> I'm a little scared actually. A little, I mean, can't, can't you see Fred like late at night sweating, typing this I have. stuff out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not typing, but I've, I've seen him late at night sweating for sure. <laughs> That's pretty good. You're not this funny on our spot. Oh, I'm always this funny. No, absolutely. absolutely. Are you intimidated? You just are we? In, are you? You never let me get a word in. <laughs> well, because you guys do what? How many hours do you do a day? Three. Okay, I thought you did four, because as lazy as you guys both are during my segment, I was thinking it was four. I was going to excuse it. I don't think Fred said seven words in the last month. No, Fred, he's been saying that you and his relationship is strained. It's, uh, it's and Maybe that's why he just arbitrarily had to leave after yeah. 20 minutes. He's like, yeah. I'll, he's, He said this before. He's like, I'll do his podcast. I'm staying for 20 minutes, and that's I'm, it. Out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm making, well, I'm, hey. He's like, I'm making up a business dinner. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> that's better than nothing. That's right. <laughs> so what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to break the fight down. Down, both from, from a fan's perspective and also from a betting perspective. But also we're going to talk about the state of boxing and just try to get and also about Vegas, quite frankly, in a prize fight. So, Kofield, let's get your take. You've been here 20 plus years. Uh, you know, I was, you know, I got here in 98. So what year were you? 96. Yeah, right before. And I wasn't here for the Tyson fights and certainly not the Ali fights. But even though there hasn't been those gigantic fights in the interim that you could put up against those, um, and some have been right there probably, but there's nothing like Vegas. And I get this asked all the time. Super Bowl must be the best, right? And yeah, if it was a week or something, maybe. But if you want to be, let's say you're going to be somewhere for six hours and pick one night, I'd say being at the MGM when it is a fight like Canelo and Triple G, the rematch, that does what? What even is in the conversation about the energy of that night in Vegas or in general in sports? I'd say in Vegas, in Vegas being nothing. on the ground, nothing. Prize fights the biggest thing. Uh, massive prize fight. You walk in the building and the energy there, the celebrities, the money wagered. There's nothing. The hangers bigger. on. I mean, yep. you've got just mobs of people have nothing to do with the fight. No chance they're getting in the fight, but this is where they want to be. Tables are jammed, and we've seen some legendary fights. I was here, you know, when uh, the MGM went crazy. Uh, after the uh, Tyson Holyfield fight, where people are throwing chips in the air so and everyone's you, running. You were know. you in the fight? I was, yeah, I was at the, at the fight, yeah. Oh, wow. And, and then I went over to the sports book, which has changed spots about four times, and we did post-fight, and it just got nuts. 
And and now not, probably not the energy that that the MGM's yeah, looking for, but, but but in the building to your original point, nothing is bigger than a fight. And I almost I'm I'm a little bit bummed even that they don't do fights in the Grand Garden Arena anymore because that's what that was really cool. Like the the mass rush of people after the fights, yeah. and I mean it was like everything that was happening was happening in this building, and it, it made it pretty special. Now I mean the new arena is beautiful; it's it's amazing. It's a different and, feel though, and it can hold more people. But yeah, it, yeah but it doesn't it, feel as uh, sixteen seven into this building here at the MGM is an incredible feat because it's not that big a building. No, and you look at this; we're in the David uh, David Copperfield theater and i mean you look at all the setups here and we're here a little later but and i think Stephen a is here right did you guys see Stephen? we didn't a? see him today I, I mean a fight like this brand and Stephen a doesn't if it's not nba he's not bringing a show many places but he and, and you know it's driven by hey guys i want to come to vegas for this and like yes sir you know no problem so you you know espn houston you wouldn't think budgetarily is going to say okay guys go up here and see uh and cover the fight uh broadcast from radio row but what is it fred two or three times a year you guys are up here for the big fights. Yeah, it varies. I mean, this this is the first time we've been this year, but there have been years we've been here five, six, seven times. There was one year we were here three times in five weeks, and that was a bit much. But uh, <laughs> but we have a huge we have a huge boxing market in Houston, and uh, uh, and, and I think uh, a big Canelo fan base there as well for obvious reasons. And um, so I mean, we get a lot of we get a lot of listeners that are into it, and uh, and I think it, it's good for us to be here because it helps them sell pay per views in, in a market that they really need. So what is your sense of what's driving the interest in this fight is it's obvious that these are two of the elite pound for pound guys. Um, you were, I think you were making reference to the idea of the ethnic background and the fan bases in Houston. Uh, just give me a take on, on why this fight's getting all the hype and energy, quite frankly, that it is, because it feels like it's justified. Well, I think part of it was the first result, but Canelo always draws. I think you could put Canelo in against you. And they would sell millions of pay per views over under twelve seconds, and that's me running. Uh, I'll take under, but <laughs> but but he's just a huge pay per view draw, and and one of the things, and we talk about this on our show a lot, is how uh, boxing is very nationalistic, and and you know certain countries especially will really get behind their boxers, and the first match, and I still think to this day Golovkin won that first fight. And now, when you say to this day, because uh, Kofi, we were on air, Fox Sports Radio, the night of that fight. And at the time, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is a travesty. This was obvious that Canelo lost Triple G1. The way you said that sounds like there's been some reevaluation. Uh, no, I've, I've gone back and watched the fight again, and I, I try to look at it from the perspective of, okay, if I'm scoring this for Canelo, can I make it a draw? And I, I still can't to this day. I can see enough to where it'd be close, but I still think Golovkin won that first fight. I think the most frustrating frustrating thing about it is even the draw card, if you say, okay, there was one card that was 8-4, to four, one that was 6-6, six to six, and you say, okay, maybe if you're looking at it from a slanted perspective, you could see 6-6, six to six, but Adelaide Bird turning in a card that was 10 rounds to 2 for Canelo was it was really just like insulting uh, it was it, it made sort of a mockery of what was otherwise a really great fight so that's because that's interesting oftentimes the hype uh and it's hard to live up to this much hype of course and when it does it's it's the events of a lifetime in a way when it does and that's why like people are waiting 
for, you know, maybe it's going to be three or four times in their life that a fight lives out to the hype, but those are going to be three maybe of the ten best nights they have in their life, right, right. if they get to be part of it. Um, and I've been lucky enough to watch, uh, you know, to be uh, at some of these fights, and it, it is unlike anything else. But also on the pay-per-view, I think it's something clearly that, especially as the coverage has gotten so much more sophisticated, sometimes I wonder... Wouldn't it be better to watch the fight on TV? Because there is that fun before and after the fight if you're here. But I think it's something that if it's just watching the fight, that watching the fight on TV is even better. Where do you guys come down on that? I still think there's not an atmosphere like being in the arena for a big fight, especially. But you but can't, unless you've got great seats. I mean, I was in We usually have okay seats. You, know, to- you do, because you're getting press passes. <laughs> yeah, we get the good seats. Right? Yeah. But I, I was lucky enough to be in like row 15 for the, uh, and again, fighting is not my expertise. This is why I brought in the experts. By the way, we got an expert in the bullpen here, uh, Raj ESPN. Call to the left. <laughs> yeah, stage left ESPN LA um, producer but an expert in boxing and he's very talkative too I mean I don't want to make a big deal about that but um, you'll see soon enough I was at the fight in which Pacquiao got beat like by that straight he got knocked down who was that against? Marquez, Marquez. okay I mean, that is one of the more dramatic kind of endings. And I was in like the 18th row. I mean, like really good press seats. And I I caught it, but it was almost like, what are you laughing at, dude? It's the way it is sometimes on the floor. It definitely is. I mean, you mentioned AJ's uh, MMA background. When you watch MMA fights with the cage, I mean, you you watch the screen a lot of times. Which is, I think, showing. But to Fred's point, the energy on a knockout like that, like the buildup, and then all of a sudden the fight is over like that, that's yeah, incredible. It is. It is. But... Okay, let's let's do a breakdown of the handicap. So, what's the latest odds you guys have seen? I haven't checked it today. Cofield? So, uh, Triple G is one fifty five. You can get Canelo back at one twenty five. Over under on the rounds is over eleven and a half. Is minus two forty. So, distance is expected. All right, so a big favorite to go the distance. Let's double back to this idea of the conspiracy. What is the what is the most logical conspiracy theory in in the first fight? Obviously, what's possible is the judge genuinely thought that. No, like, that's not possible. <laughs> really, I really, I really don't. Uh, maybe, maybe you 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 think differently. I I can't see a scenario where and where it's, she could say. Yeah, he won 10 rounds, 10 rounds out of 12. I just can't picture it. I can't picture that you really believe that. Here's why I think there's no way it was a conspiracy. How in the world, if you're going to do something like that, don't you just make it eight, 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 four, seven, eight, four, five, whatever, or yeah, whatever the closest could be, because it still was the same result, right? Right. So if it's coming in, like do whatever it takes you know, for you to be on Canelo's side, then why make it ten two? I, I couldn't tell you. And so the, I think the most in- incompetence is what it was. It's just a very bad judge. Which so you and AJ just disagree. Well, I I don't think that it was intentional. I just think she was bad at her job. Oh no, I think both those things. <laughs> <laughs> I think both so those things. Agrees with if, me it as usual. Inten- if it was intentional, she was good at her job because no, she did it she right. Did it right. She did it right. What's your take, Kofi? I don't think there's a conspiracy. I've seen so many of these fights and so many bad, no, she, poorly she, judged fights. She was renowned to be, let's say, she's n- had trouble in the past. She's not too. a great judge. Yeah, 
Adelaide Bird has had trouble in the past, and this decision, it was a bad decision. But, you know, sometimes, you know, these fights come down to precision versus power, and I guess she saw, you know, the guy who was throwing more punches and not being as accurate as the loser, and Canelo landed the better punches in her mind. Now listen, I'm she had gonna, a bad night. She had a bad night, but it was a, but it really made the fight look like hell, and it made the game look like hell when you turn in a one eighteen, one ten when there's box. when there's a draw and you know a seven to five decision. And the, the most frustrating part of the whole thing is if if Golovkin wins that fight, it's not like there's not going to be a rematch. Everyone was saying, oh well, they made it a draw, so there could be a rematch down the road. The, there was going to be a rematch no matter what. But if, the beauty if, is, and again, going down conspiracy lane, which I don't believe in this case. Whoever wins here, the next fight becomes automatic because now it's only 101, right? If Triple G wins the first one and wins the second one, it's over. So in a weird way, you are extending it one fight. I guess so. Uh, but if, if that's the case, I mean... But I don't think if, that's if, what was driving. If a guy wins two in a row, who really wants to pay to see it again anyway? I mean, there's not that many people lining up to see a, a trilogy fight when it's 2-0. You guys are on the ground in Cofield. You are too. Fred, let's start with you and go around the horn. What was the consensus? Did everyone of your callers and feedback you got on Twitter said, oh, Triple G won? Or was there a contingent that was like, yeah, Canelo was close? Well, there was a contingent because you know, Canelo is so popular down there. that, And we see fights the way we want to sometimes. And I think if you, if you root for a guy, and I love both these guys as fighters. I really do. I love watching them fight. And I'm one of the few people that didn't mind the draw because – all I saw was 12 rounds of great boxing and two guys really going after each other, and it was worth every penny to me. But I, I do think there were some people who, who saw it. If you're a Canelo fan, you could look at it with Canelo glasses and see that. But I think if you looked at it logically, most people look at that fight, and, and it's really hard to find enough rounds for Canelo to make it a draw. And I've watched it probably five or six times. I know AJ's done the same thing and tried to look at it from that perspective, and I still have a hard time getting there. Kofi, what was your thought? I thought Golovkin won the fight, but I didn't think it was a blowout. I mean, he outlanded him by 50 punches, but it doesn't mean that he, you know, pounded the extra 50 punches. So it was a close fight. I, I could have seen it 7-5 for Canelo. The, the, here, the thing that we all make a mistake with when we judge boxing, especially the casual fans, is it's not an overall picture that you're judging. It's round by round. And one of the big flaws in, in both of the combat sports boxing and MMA is that the 10-9 system, I believe, sucks. It lacks a lot. There should be 10 nine and a halfs. There should be 10 nines. There should be 10 eight and a halfs. Shouldn't be 10 tens. I don't agree with that. Someone wins a round, but they should have See, a half point scoring system. I think ah. make it where if it's even close, if, if it's subjective in any way, call it, call it even. And let's say there's six rounds that are even in a fight. Now, if the other person wins the other four clearly, you got a winner. Right, I like that. I don't know about UFC, but in boxing, it was like the old pride fighting uh, judging. That's how they did it. It would be the overall picture. So, you know, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying, did did anyone win this round clearly? If not, no one won it. And at the end, there might only be three or four rounds that were clear, but you know who won. But see, now you're asking people who struggle with the job sometimes <laughs> and make it even harder. Yep. Yeah. I, I just. I, but it seems like it's easier if you're saying only make a decision when it's obvious. Doesn't that make it easier? No. No. <laughs> no. It and, doesn't. and for a sport where, uh, let's be, let's be honest with, with the the beautiful thing about prize fighting is, two guys go in, one guy wins, one guy loses. Uh, it, 
preferably one guy like is sleeping at the end of the fight. That's the way fans like to see you it. You like to see people not that A draw is the worst thing for a prize fight. Like nobody yeah. nobody feels satisfied walking out of a, a prize fight and go, oh, that was a tie. Like it just it's a bad feeling. It's I mean, I think worse than football or anything because there's so I mean, there people are so emotionally charged and these guys are giving everything and at the end they're like, I know you guys just gave but, everything yeah. inside you for 12 rounds, but uh, it was pretty even. Uh, Wait, that's just a frustrating thing for fans, I think. But in a weird way, whatever dissatisfaction there was increases the anticipation for this fight because the, the odds are very good. It's not going to be a draw again. Okay, Fred, we're down to a couple minutes with you. We're going to let you jump ahead. Give us your three, four minute handicap on the fight and any bets you're making. Uh, I'm I'm gonna bet on Canelo, and I, I I don't get me wrong, Golovkin is my favorite fighter, and I think he I do think he won the first fight, but I also think he's a year older. He's had a few fights in the last uh, couple of years where he hasn't been as dominant, and I how think, old is he now? Uh, what is he thirty? Six, yeah, I think thirty six. Yeah, and uh, you know that's he, he's also fought a lot as as an amateur, and I mean he's got a lot of mileage on him. But I I, I also think that Canelo is uh, uh, I think assuming and the one kind of weird factor here for me is the PED suspension. So what if he doesn't have that anymore on his side? Maybe he's not the same fighter. But I, I think he I think he wins the fight if it goes the distance. I think we saw that with the last fight that. Uh, it, it was going to take a, a knockout from Golovkin to win. I think he might knock him out, but if he doesn't and it goes a distance, I think Canelo's probably going to win the fight. So I'm, I'm leaning that direction. Do we know the judges? Are, are we able to like look at their history? Right. He, he, yes, the judges are out. The only judge that's been retained from the first fight is the judge that scored the fight for Golovkin. Uh, the other, the other was, two Dave Moretti's back. Yeah. yeah and the, what was the score? 116, uh, 114. Right. Oh, so that was the guy I thought was close, though. Well, two of them thought it was close because another judge had a uh, draw. Yeah. Okay. So that it was. One, it, by the it, way, it was 16, a, 112, 114, yeah, 116, 112. Okay. It's a draw. It was a close fight. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to say yeah. that it was like. If it's close, how can we be, it be because, so egregious that there was a draw? The, because again, because everyone's being thrown off by the 118, 110. The 10-2 yeah. exactly. scorecard just it it just laughed in the face of everything that was logical. So if it were if that was 116, 112 the other way, you'd, uh, everyone would have been okay with it. it. People would have been more okay with it. it yeah. But if it were if it were you know a majority draw. Even if both, if two judges said it was a draw and one said Golovkin wins, that's a majority draw. It's still a draw. It that wasn't the case though. Like if you you have to go, I'm not saying you have to go way out of your way to say Canelo won that fight, but you do have to kind of go out of your way. Where Adelaide Bird went was so far out of her way <laughs> that it's just it's almost unimaginable that that someone could do it. And what was really weird is the one round, the seventh round of, of the first fight was statistically. Golovkin's most dominant round. It's one of the only two rounds that Adelaide Bird gave to Golovkin. The draw card had Canelo winning the seventh round, which that that also threw up a red flag for me. Like the one round that was there was zero question who won that round, the seventh round that Golovkin dominated. The, there was one judge who scored that that round for Canelo. Last question, Fred. Do you think, and we'll go around the horn after this and let you go uh, answer first, please, is could there be like a sense of a makeup, a sense of if you're a judge and it's a close round, you're thinking, man, uh, you know, uh, Triple G got it got wrong last time. Maybe let's just, you know, even if it's subconscious, it feels like if somehow Canelo wins another decision that's disputed, the judges are going to get so much scrutiny 
that maybe they're they're going to do the safe thing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it, it's. It's happened in the past. I, I think it's human nature sometimes to do that, but I, I won't. I don't expect that. I think these guys will, will judge the fight as they see it, and hopefully, it's as entertaining as the first one. That's 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 the main thing that I really am hoping for is it'll be that. But I don't think so. I, I think they'll. You know, you're because, saying you, you don't think there's going to be any sense of a makeup with no, the judges? No, I don't. I don't believe that. All right, Fred Fowler on Twitter at Fred Fowler, F A O U R. Good follow. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. Go make some money. That'll be tonight, later tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stepping in, and AJ's staying back. Cofield, who's actually very, very insightful today. Sometimes. I forget numbers. No, I I forget numbers sometimes. I'm really getting better at numbers. And we got Raj stepping up. All right. First up, though, the rematch everyone has been waiting for is finally here. We're coming to you. Come on, AJ. I'm doing a read. You, you, I don't talk when you're... I talked not, off mic. I, no, it wasn't off mic. Oh, of course it was. I said, this is where RJ pays the bills. That's, that's how we do it. <laughs> I mean, you're doing reads every 10 seconds. I mean, Absolutely. It drives me crazy. Somehow my my spot is sponsored more than any of them, it seems. Like, what do you think? Uh, maybe so. That might be it. <laughs> All right. Let's start over. The rematch everyone <laughs> has been waiting for is finally here. We're coming to you today live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas where this Saturday at T-Mobile Arena, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G will settle their score in a battle for the middleweight world championship. This time, the fighters are determined not to leave the outcome to the judges' hands, with both looking to end it in a knockout punch. Don't miss Canelo versus Triple G, Saturday, September 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, live on pay-per-view. Roger, Raj, what's up? ESPN LA? You How were with you Fox doing? for a long time? For a long time, and Max Kellerman actually recruited me from Fox to ESPN. He and Marcellus. That's true. Max, a huge fight guy. Yes. He's gone on to be super famous. Yeah, he's done some things. He's making a lot of money. And I don't famous. know how famous he is, but he's making a lot of money. If you're hang- listen, if you're hanging out with Stephen A., you're famous. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> if you're hanging out with you, you're famous. You're like the ambassador of Las Vegas. You know this, right? You know, that's what I'm striving for. I'm not quite there yet, okay. but I'm striving. Yeah. So tell us about your, you love boxing. I mean, I don't think you hardly come to town. If, uh, living in L.A., you come to Vegas, what, three, four times a year for fights? Well, three or four times, and there are four fights most of the time. And just growing up, seeing my dad, watching him on a projector screen, seeing Ali and and uh, Foreman, Ali and Frazier, seeing, you know, I mean, when my mother had fight parties and it was uh, Hagler and Leonard or Hagler Hearns and just shaking up the beers and drinking them at 12 years old, you know, just having fun, you know, <laughs> off the radio kids. But that's what I did. I just fight and fight parties were big for me no matter what the and obviously the Tyson era but uh, yeah I loved um, boxing in the Blue Horizon in Philadelphia my father introduced me to and so I got to see boxing at an early age and uh, Hopkins and my aunt like my aunt is best friends with his wife Janice Ah. and so I knew Hopkins when prior to his you know come up prior you know to the uh, Felix Trinidad where he really came on the scene you know won that fight so I was always introduced to boxing early and so I heard you guys talk about earlier the most exciting sports I've been to tons of Super Bowls Super Bowls they are the 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 real fan the real fan they are priced out okay it's sterile this is all about it's corporate it's a sterile environment the Super Bowl it's corporate it's people that work there the week of is great. I go to the best parties. I've had some of my best adventures in Miami and whatnot. And, and New Orleans. Just had some adventures. Well, I have some adventures. NBA is freaking great. 
to watch Allen Iverson do what he can do at five foot ten, these things. But boxing, there was nothing like a live fight. My first big fight ever, the first big fight was De La Hoya and uh, Sugar Shane. You know, at Staples Center, yep, um, that was amazing. Yeah, and it was amazing. And so I just and I learned, and I also heard you guys talking about judging. So judging, I what learned. What was your take on the first fight? First fight, I thought it was clear. Triple G won. All right. Um, are you a fan? Are you especially a fan of either guy? Triple G has been good to my family in terms of giving me tickets whenever I want. However, Canelo, I knew early, but Max Kellerman put me on to Triple G early, so I started watching. Saying but this is a I guy watch objectively. Make that doesn't mean anything. I watch objectively. And He's a professional, RJ. How dare uh, yeah, you question that? How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? But um, <laughs> in my industry, the guys that get free bologna sandwiches are biased. So they're sending Raj. I mean, it's like private jets. And there was nothing free. I watched shrimp. it at Marcel's house, and I just watch. But um, one of the things with judging what you guys said from that um, Sugar Shane and De La Hoya fight, I met a gentleman from a Hispanic uh, newspaper. I'll never forget. Don't know his name. Don't know the newspaper. But. You know, we can have 10, 10 rounds. And you said that, nine and a half or blah, blah, blah. I disagree with that in the fact that I like this gentleman taught me go by the minutes. Every minute, who won that minute? You will never have 10 to 10s or very rarely <laughs> by doing it that way. But what happens if you win by a smidge one minute and the other guy wins by a bunch the next minute? I have an answer for that. Okay. <laughs> no way. Good question. Let's hear the answer. I listen to the podcast now. Uh, so Max always tells me, to who would you rather be that round? So that's my tiebreaker. Who would you rather be? Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's not the most punches, blah, blah, blah. Who would you, <clears throat> if I still would even if I really popped that guy? I want to be that guy that really sent a message. So my first, though, my first in 80, 90% of the time is I just go by the minute and I watch the clock and I go by the minute. Who won that round? Who won that round? Who won that round? I'll usually get two to three, almost 90-something percent of the time. So I don't like 10-10 rounds. That's just not my thing. Let me say something that's going to be controversial because I know I'm like in the 5% minority here. Mm -hmm. So there was the Pacquiao, was it Bradley? Bradley. That was was one of the worst decisions ever. But now you're making me sound even goofier what I'm going to say. Okay. I watched that fight with the sound off. I didn't see it live. I didn't see it in person. Great advice. I watched it with the sound off, and I thought, you know something? I think Bradley won that fight. Now, I'm no expert. I turned the sound on and watched it again. It's like Bradley would hit three times, and the announcer would say, Bradley with some glazing, you know, glancing blows. And then there'd be one from Pacquiao. It's like, Pacquiao with a straight right shakes him. Now, Go ahead. To be fair, but one of the things about uh, uh, about fight sports is the sound of glove hitting face versus glove hitting glove or different sounds, or the crowd itself. Right. So to hear to to turn to hear it with the sound off, you don't always know what shots well, are landing. I'd like or to how be able to landing. take the mix and get the announcers out. I'll hear the. I get the raw feed. I mean, what do you? Th- I mean, I saw you nod. Not so much you like. I, I I think that's one of the biggest mistakes casual fans make is following. I'm not going to say it's an agenda, but I think oftentimes the announcers, the color voices, the play-by-play guys have a certain fighter in mind. I think sometimes the landed count, or at least how it's conveyed, is inaccurate. So you got to be careful, and it's good to watch a fight multiple times with the sound, without the sound. I, but I'm probably in uh, – you said you're in the, the minority. I am in the minority of media people who defend judges. It's not easy. And here's the other thing. When you watch a fight and you're you at home – You defend judges. I will defend judges. But here's the other thing. When you're at home watching a fight, are you really watching the fight? 
everyone's an expert sitting on the couch. Are you drinking a beer? Are you turning to your left? You know, it's the judges difficult. are sitting there at, at their spots watching the fight, trying to concentrate on it. They don't always, and they don't, they don't get the same angle right. you have. They don't always get it right, and they have, they have different angles, but they're paying attention to the fight. The other thing that drives me nuts is us, the media. We've gotten worse. Do you ever watch us around a fight? Can you stop tweeting? Can you stop on Facebook? Can you stop social media? You're I'm talking. To set up the tonight, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're oftentimes we're he not. Pay- one of the, he wants one of those times he's been waiting. Right? We're not paying attention the way we should, and all of a sudden we're gonna, you know, we're gonna hammer some trained judge and say they don't know what the hell they're doing. Really? Did we watch the fight 100 percent the way we should? All right. Getting back first, to what RJ was saying, what the announcers say. So when you watch it without the sound, announcers sit on what one side of the of the ring, right? Yep. Judges. They're around. So what the announcers might see, a right hand from one guy, they might miss that left hook from another guy. There's another thing. I'm not going to say any names or any promotion companies. They want that. That promotion company is good for this channel. Right? So if their bread and butter, if their prize guy wins, guess what? That's good for them, right? And they're going to hype it up. So if there is, or if he doesn't lose, it's good for them. Okay, thank you. (laughs) So there's that, and then there's the crowd aspect of it, and that uh, there's a lot of fights out here. And if you're rooting for a certain fighter, a certain ethnicity, like those fans that travel are going to root big for it. Uh, The the um, Floyd Mayweather Madonna fight. You know what I mean? You just want to see. You just want to see Floyd. So if he does get hit twice in twelve rounds, oh crap! The other guy won, you know. Okay, you, you got to score. The I think other there's fight. a tendency to boost up the underdog, especially if they're a gigantic underdog. Anything they do that's positive gets a gigantic roar, and, what and that affects Floyd the do? audience. He immediately said, "Let's do a rematch." Because you guys thought that this was a close fight, you thought that he, you know, touched me up. Give me a rematch. Give and, me twenty and, more mil. And we've seen that with with Golovkin before, when when Golovkin was basically a freight train, and he was just going in and first, second round, stopping everyone. He fought David Lemieux, and now, David Lemieux didn't get just completely run over by Golovkin, <laughs> but it, it did turn into, oh, my God, he, David, he's beating him up. He, he's in this fight. And he, he was never really in the fight. He made it an entertaining fight because he didn't get beat up immediately, but he the, that fight wasn't as close as people would make it out to be. Something Triple G told uh, Max Kellerman and I earlier, working, you know, Max put me on the Triple G. So what he said was, he'll get out early on a, on a guy, right? Get out. Let's say I'm fighting RJ. You know, whatever. One of you guys. Blah, blah, blah. I Roger's got favor. Yeah, I got this. This is my punching bag, right? And well, so go crazy. after this, in the third round, what Triple G said is, I want the crowd. Like, he's really into the crowd, and he wants to please people. You, you guys know Triple G. No You've doubt. been around him. He's a pleaser. He said, well, he, he tucks his chin. Tucks his chin. You hit me up here. You'll hit me down here. And people at home can't see this, but you won't not hit me. In, you will not hit me in a chin. So he will make fights more entertaining by letting him feel. Oh, and it opens him up as well. And then after a round and a half of that, Triple Z says, "Okay, then I'll put it back on him. Tap their chin, and they're out." A, a great example, and you, you'll know about this. The the next mega fight that's going to be out here is a UFC fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor, and. Uh, Khabib's never been hurt, and every time he's been punched, it's like, oh, you see that? He's vulnerable now. He's yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's just the way it is, and that's what people look to grasp at on, as, on what— Great point. Yep. As I listen to you guys, what strikes me is Ali, and again, I was a huge—not, I wasn't a contemporary, but looking back, watching the old fights. Sure. I think the thrill in Manila, usually the big brand name things are never the best. 
I think that Ollie Frazier three was the best fight I've ever seen. I mean, those guys, it was a war to the point where that fight couldn't happen today because of 15 rounds because right. of, they would have stopped it. I mean, I, I watch it about once a year. It's the two things I watch once a year is the Belmont when secretary won by like 30 lengths. Yeah. And I, I watch the thrill in Manila. It just really is inspiring. Ali never had good fights prior to his, uh, forced, sabbatical because he was too good yeah i mean no one could really compete with him when he got back and almost leveled the playing field yeah he slowed down just enough that he could get hit where he had to do the rope dope and stuff exactly is this potentially cause triple g isn't in his prime prime i mean it seems to me canelo in his prime prime versus triple g in his prime prime canelo loses pretty clearly thank you i think now though age-wise is Canelo in his prime prime right now? Maybe that's the first question. And if not, is he past it? Well, we talked it about before? it. My friend here, Neil and I from England, we're talking about this. Like, you know, we make a bet. Can we talk bets on this thing? Because he's bets? 28. Can what, we talk bets? What we're supposed to all talk right, bets. All right, all right. Can you so, talk bets with RJ? We're talking bets. I think <laughs> on, G, I'm thinking as a purist, as a boxing fan, Triple G should, will win. He brings up the conspiracy. He bet just Triple G uh, knockout because there's no way he can win on a decision uh, based on what you're saying. That's what Fred saying. said, yeah. Yeah, and so I agree with that, but it's like, uh, the way I saw when Canelo knows he's beaten, that Mayweather fight, he knew he was beat that discipline right. He was backing up for like seven, eight rounds of that fight. He was backing he up. He was young. Yeah. I mean, what was he, 22? He was young, but he knows when he can't win. We're like, okay, I'm not going to get just embarrassed. Not he will back up. I'm concerned with this Triple G fight that he will back up, but can Triple G win in a decision? And so... Would we make the case, all things equal, that Canelo has a better chance today than he did in the first fight just because <sighs> of the age? See, I don't, I don't know that the age is the the biggest determining factor with fighters. I, I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of fighters who come into their prime later on in life, and one thing you have to well, that wasn't the case pre. 2000 though right uh probably I mean, not. ali was slowing down at 33 probably not but also think about the kind of guys that canelo fought early in his career the kind of battles he was in with guys like miguel cotto and shane mosley floyd mayweather sure it, triple g never had those triple g was walking through guys he his body didn't take the damage that canelo's body took so a lot of the times it's just it, it you know when you start who you face along the way how many how much tread is on your tire and Golovkin's never really had a fight that took tread off the tires. And don't forget about what Jay-Z's, Jay-Z said, 40 is a new 30. So he's in between there. So he's by <laughs> 28 right now. Now you're moving towards 40, Raj. I, you like that saying. <laughs> no, yeah. Sounds good now. <laughs> I'm with AJ on this. I think Triple G's a young 36, and Canelo's not old, 28, but he started fighting at a young, yeah. young age. You're talking about a guy who, by the time he was 22, was pushing 50 fights. Now, I'm not saying he got slaughtered in any fights and took a lot of shots, but as time went along, he fought better fighters. So the age gap thing, I've seen that as a big narrative that, hey, a year went by, Canelo's a younger guy, Triple G's getting a little older. I don't know that I'm buying it. I do. I, we have to mention this as a factor, though, and that is the positive test. 
And I didn't want to bring it up. No, it's it's a factor. It I'll tell be. you, if you talk to the boxing media, reading uh, one of the good stories today on ESPN.com, there are about 20 different boxing experts. And I would say, uh, you know, what their opinion. Did they opinion, give her picks? They gave their picks. What was it and split? It was, it was split. It was basically split. 50-50? Uh, it, was, it was about 50-50. And I think I saw one or two finishes out of the 20 selections. But I would say 12 mentioned something about Canelo and PEDs. Now, there's two ways to look at it. Did he need it? Did that build his career to this point? Physically, I'm saying, did he need it? Did he need it mentally? If you believe in the positive test. There, there's two sides to, I mean, you What's know, from MMA, points? there's two sides to PED usage. He's uh, physically imposing, we know from the get-go. Um, the mental, the athletes I've talked to, like mental, and you can see it in football or different things, the mental aspect is huge. Yep. And when you can say, so I can take this hit and you can come back and box, I can imagine it's even Bigger. That's a great point. People always bring up the physical. That's the Not many people bring up the mental. Another part of the mental is, I don't know if you guys watch the uh, HBO 24-7. Golovkin's pissed off. This is not smiley uh, 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 boxing. It's, it's great. It's not that guy anymore. It's salty, Ooh. angry. So you think he's insulted by the, he's, by the he, fact that this guy came in and off. cheated? It cost, cheat. him, it cost him money because you run a fight awesome. camp. time. If you run a fight camp, you say, okay, we're fighting May 5th. You run a fight camp, you're paying trainers, you're paying nutritionists, you're, you're spending time in the gym, and then they say, oh, your opponent cheated, you can't fight in May. It's not like you just say, your trainers just say, oh, oh this one's on the house. No, you still have to pay all those guys, mm. you, you know? And that's what Golovkin talks about, that's the business point. of it. Like, it's a, it was a, he disrespected him from a business standpoint, and all the, the hugs and calling each other a champion after the fights... Golovkin said, "None of that's real now. This is a, he's a, he's a cheater. He's a liar, and he's angry. They couldn't do a face off and press conference. I've, it, I've, that's you almost never see that. You even do a face off just for the drama, just to that. play up the fight for the promotion. And and Triple G is like, no. And it, and it sounds this. really weird. And maybe maybe I'm making more of it than it really is. But through the whole twenty four seven, Golovkin doesn't speak in English. He's he's only speaking well, Russian. He didn't choose because he was mad." But, he doesn't speak English, right? So he's no, not he does speak English. That, uh, he's oh, not yeah. promoting that Golden Boy thing. No, he's not. He, he's just. He's speaking in. There's subtitles on he every word he says. Oh. He loves to speak English. Yes. He, he's he's oh. just a completely different guy. He's so mad he fight. won't speak English. Huh? <laughs> I'm you, betting. You, you know who? There's a lot going on me. there, RJ. I'm betting Triple G. So I'm not the only one who thinks that's a big deal. So <laughs> what I'm hearing is this: Yeah, a year older, but it seems like there's two advantages for Triple G. One. The psychology of I got wrong where Canelo's got deep down. You got to think he's thinking, oh, I got lucky there. But I think there's a disadvantage where Canelo is looking at the clock and this fight should have happened May 5th. Am I wrong? And this could have, he could have had another fight after this, like that. Yeah, but this, he's getting paid so much. I mean, how he's much? Gonna, but he could have gotten paid before, and he could yeah. have gotten paid now in September. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You took away a check from him. So if anything, that makes him even more mad, which is correct. For so him. I'm agreeing with you. I'm yeah. not disagreeing yeah. with yeah. you. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying there's another aspect on top of that. And then I think Cofield's point is if there was a physical advantage, and again, let me ask because I felt like the whole meat thing and all that with the positive test. I thought it was weird because here's why. And Steve, you can help me with it. Well, the we've detail. been through the shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Is it felt like they agreed to testing that was more stringent for this prior version of this yeah. fight that they needed to for Nevada. Voluntary. And then somehow a positive test that was in dispute led to the fight being canceled by Nevada. So Nevada said, you don't need this. Oh, by the way, you did it. Hmm. Let's cancel the fight. 
that feels weird. Like if you're really going, if you're Canelo and you're really cheating, why agree to something? Because let's be candid, Canelo's got the bargaining power in this kind of He's fight. He's the A side. He's the A. There we go. Professional stuff there. So if he would have said, I'm not, I mean, wasn't that the same thing with Pacquiao and Mayweather, right? Hey, we got to have this level of testing because Mayweather was the A side in yep. that case. And ultimately he got it, right? So you think Canelo couldn't have strong armed them to say, we're not going to have that next level of testing. So if you're going to cheat, why accept this stringent testing? Or maybe Canelo didn't want to fight in May. But but having that positive test puts a stain on his career. I will say this: I tend to I, I tend to believe what Canelo says that it was a, a mistake, I, a mistake as in or, or he, the, he didn't cycle off beef, quick enough. Whatever it is, but, I need a lot of beef in Mexico, man. I'm clean. I will say because and you know maybe I'm a a, a big sucker, but well, I, you're I'm, the opposite. You're a cynic, so I am, and <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm friends with Dwayne Brown, who's uh, now the the left tackle for the Seahawks. It used to be for the Texans. Sure. And he used to do a show with us regularly, and uh, he also tested positive for the exact same thing and also traced it back to Mexican beef, and the NFL dropped his suspension. They they accepted his appeal. and That's happened before. I've got no re- – like, off the record, Dwayne Brown told me – now you're I saying it I didn't on t- well, one of the bigger podcasts, one right. podcast. I didn't. I didn't take this. If, if he said off the record, uh, I, yeah, I, I was roided up. I might not say it, but off the he like he without a microphone in front of him said, "I've never done that," and I've got no reason not to believe him. And it, so I, I think it happens. Doesn't I think it's crazy, it, but it happens. I mean, Kofi, I would say this. It's kind of funny. You two are the two <laughs> biggest cynics I know in radio. Yeah. Is AJ and Steve? What do you think? If you had a bat, let me ask you this: If I gave you three to one odds. That if God came out and told if Canelo cheated, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like that. that's God. If three way. to one odds, would you take the no he or no he didn't cheat on purpose, meaning it was a mistake, Wait, and you're getting plus three hundred? I'm getting plus three hundred yeah. for it was a mistake. Yes, I'll, I'll take it. It was a mistake. Plus three hundred or not? I don't believe it was a mistake. See, I he, think he, he got, got plus three hundred. I think he got caught cycling off, and right. and uh, the testing was a little earlier than they expected. We so they, did, they didn't plan friend. accordingly. You, we have a mutual friend that taught us about cycling on and cycling off. Okay, and you can get caught cycling off, but the mm-hmm. point to cycle off is not to get caught. Right. He simply and that's got why his caught. levels were minuscule. Yeah, you never small. And I don't that's know. Why you can I, blame I, I, it on me. Listen, I don't know. Come on, man. I don't know, but uh, I'll tell you this: watch, watch the weigh-in and watch fight night, and see if you can see any differences in terms of his. His who do you think build. will come in uh, weight-wise? Like, who do you think on Saturday, like, who do you think is going to try to be the bigger guy? I think Triple G will be the bigger guy. I think Triple G will be bigger. Canelo yeah. looks really lean this week. Okay. Which Leaner than normal. sign of what you're talking about. That he's lost some bulk. That he's lost some bulk because are he's not sure? doing what he did are, over the years. Are we sure that hurts him in this fight? I didn't give you that answer yet. I was I was setting this whole thing up. the The whole PED think- thing is 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 interesting. It doesn't it doesn't mean that a smaller Canelo is worse in this fight. Mm. Uh, that's why I said the mental part of it is the thing I'm concerned with with Canelo, not the physical part. I, I want to ask you, I guess you guys a question. Do you feel because Canelo got a lot of grief for the way he fought in the Golovkin How fight? How would you describe it? As a he, he made it a footwork sort of a, a more of a boxing match and. Normally, I'm not saying it was it was dumb. I think it was smart of him. Because he Fred got, thought it was a great fight. It, it was a good fight, but it was and it was a good strategy by Canelo to not get knocked out. But 
he also took grief because as a Mexican and as a guy it's who not Mexican style, it's not the Mexican style to be, yep. to be backpedaling. And, <laughs> and that was, uh, he got, he really took a lot of heat for that. Like saying, dude, you're the representative of Mexico, Mexico. You are the new De La Hoya, the new Cesar Chavez. This is not how those guys fight. This is not how we expect you to fight. And I think there may be some pride in, uh, Canelo's head right now saying, I got to fight a different fight. And I think it's, that's a deadly thing. That's why I would bet if we're talking about betting. Yes. If he fights that way, if he fights Mexican style the way Triple G wants him to and he makes his, his fans happy, he'll get knocked out. Yeah. It, it, the it, smartest thing he did, even though I still th- thought he lost the first fight, was to back up a little bit, reset. Okay. You know, and do something just back up. They kept him up. in the fight. And it's the only time I've ever seen him back up prior to that was against Mayweather when Mayweather wasn't hitting him with bombs. He was just hitting him with that disciplined right, right in his nose, right in his nose. And he couldn't figure it out. He backed up. And he said after the fight, hey, I didn't have a plan B. I, I didn't see it coming and I couldn't hit him. This was a different thing. He was backing up because, hey, I'm not going to mix it up. I'm not going to fight Mexican style. Um, so, Raj, you, you grew up, how long were you in Philly from when to when? Uh, to like eight or nine, but I've always liked the Frazier, the Philly fighters, yeah, the B-Hop. Because and you hear the fan. same thing about the Philly fighters. There's a style out of yeah, Philly. Yeah, there's a style, but it's, 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 it's a, a style. It's not Mexican style, but there is a style, and they expect you to be you crafty. Usually, I would say crafty is the biggest really? one. Really? A little bit mean. It was like, go for a war. Don't be afraid of a war. But it's, it's, it's crafty, a little bit mean. Yeah, that was never Hopkins, though. Hopkins was not a brawler. No, he was crafty. Smart fighter. That's why yeah. he lasted until his late 40s. Frazier was a smaller guy. Right. He was just crafty and just kind of work. Work. Work is the best way I would put it. Work. Uh, okay. You work. Okay. You work. Dip up and down. On Pop. Canelo warring this time around, I don't buy it. I think he yeah. is what he is, and he's going to fight the same exact style and hopefully turns up the volume because that's how he's going to win the fight, but I don't think he goes in there. That whole Mexican warrior thing, not every Mexican fights the same way. I understand that's the reputation, but that was you know that was a great battle between Eric Morales and, and Barrera. You know, it's true. Morales was a guy who wanted to go in and just rip your head off. And Brer was more the thinking man fighter. And I think Canelo's cut from the same cloth. He's a thinking man's fighter. I tell you, Cofield, when you know your topic, you are very good. <laughs> there are so many times. It's, it's amazing. Specialist. There's so many times, like 90% of the time on sports radio, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, you can tell. I, know, I, mean, I, know. I, you can't I don't have, even like sports. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I just fake it all the yeah, time. I host is like that. You I don't even fake it, everything, though. But when you know your stuff, you're really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't happen I like that, often. I like that I've known you for how long now? 10 plus years, and you're blown away. You're like, wow, this is, I mean, you're finally you're sounding pretty good. Goodness, you're not a moron. You don't talk boxing a lot. This is good stuff. He's what we call a specialist. No, but he's also does 15 hours a week of everything. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I like hey, to talk about that. It's not LA. It's not LA. All right, here's my question, and then we're going to get to the handicaps. For each of you, I'm going to give you as much time as you want breaking it down. Ooh. And I just love this kind of fantasy stuff, fantasy booking or whatever. Triple G in his prime, Mayweather in his prime. What's the odds? Ooh. Jump in. Well, I, I guess it depends on what weight we're talking at. I mean, that's catch weight. That's or? a that's a big Golovkin. If if Mayweather, because I don't think Golovkin can get down to Mayweather weight. It would have so to. What be happens if it was right in the middle? One fifty four. I'll let you guys. Decide. He fought him at Can- he fought Canelo at one fifty four. Okay, so, so if we're saying is that, is that fair? Yeah, okay. One fifty four. You guys want to tell me? I I think Mayweather's a favorite. Ooh. I don't. I don't think it's massive though, and I and I think Golovkin's an extremely live dog at 154 pounds. Uh, that, that's so small it. favorite Mayweather. M- small favorite Mayweather, like 120. What do you think, Rush? 
I've seen Mayweather fight scary guys as well. I remember Baltimore at the uh, Mandalay Bay. I remember guys that were just crushing other people, but Baltimore touched them maybe twice. Yeah. I saw him fight Canelo. It, Canelo came into the ring at 17 pounds heavier, backed up. I would say Mayweather would be a big favorite plus 190. You said, uh, so I, said I said Mayweather minus 120. Or excuse me. Yeah, yeah. minus okay. 190 or so. I would say closer to... Minus one eighty or so. Okay. Okay. I just think people just realize so you've seen six. bigger guys smash people, but cannot smash man. It depends on when we're talking. But so he's like, also. Can we agree that yes, Mayweather's never been hit by anyone who has the the punching power that Golovkin oh, in his prime had. Absolutely. Uh, okay. But yeah. has he ever been hit? Got he's hit been by hit a couple times. Mosley hit him. He was rocked by him. What happened when Mosley hit him? He got, he it was got one hit. Mosley was like, oh, crap, I hit him. Madonna hit him. Madonna hit him, and that's why he took the rematch immediately. Yep. Madonna so didn't hit him the second that, time. I think <laughs> that power stuff, I've fallen into it before, RJ. I've fallen a lot. This might be the time, even though I didn't root for it. you keep hoping because you want a good fight. Yeah, hoping for a good fight. Not hoping he loses. But Golovkin's also technically a better boxer. He doesn't get as much credit for his his technique as as he should, but he's a, te- he's a better technical boxer than Maidana is. But RJ brought up the fact earlier, like who has he fought earlier, where he had to really be Fair. that technician. And so I would look at him as another, the latest heavy hitting contender that looks good on paper. The reason why I say it's a, it's a closer fight is because there's I think there's zero chance that Mayweather would knock Golovkin out. I, True. At that weight, and that's always and, yeah, always factored. And that at in. that weight, it, it, it's possible everything. for Golovkin to, to knock threat. out Mayweather. Prolongs the threat. Kofu, what would your number be? I would have Floyd minus three hundred. Whoa, <laughs> that's disrespect. Floyd in his prime. Yeah. What year are we talking? Triple G's not touching him. So if we're going back to I don't know thirty two, thirty three years old, let's go pre. pre let's let's are we go talking pretty boy Floyd. Let's or? go. Let's go. No, one hundred fifty four pounds catch weight, and let's pre go pre. Let's go pre Cotto fight because the Cotto fight is the only fight he really made a mistake in. Okay, uh, where uh, he didn't listen to dad in terms of defense. But if he's on his on his game defensively, uh, he's going to respect Triple G's power. Triple G's not touching him. He might hit him a couple of times, but he ain't touching him. Do you really think that'd be the number though? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't asking you say. to be bookmaker. Yes. Oh, I, I thought you were asking me to be a bookmaker. No, I'm asking as a batter. What's the true batter's number? It's uh, okay. I because I, I, so I don't know be that I'm going. I'd be fine laying three hundred. Yeah, so you're saying about seventy five percent Mayweather. Yeah. You're saying about sixty four percent, a little less than sixty six. Yes. Raj, there's no yeah. way I'd lay three hundred. No yeah. way. Eight four nine three fight, but you guys are closer to. Seven, now, five, listen, six, six. I, I love this kind of stuff. Let's do it quick. Who was the – of of the guys, Duran, Leonard, um, Hearns. Hagler. Ha- well, Hagler was heavier. I mean, I, Leonard went up to him, right? But That's true. Uh, in that era, who was the best, you think, around the horn? And then I want them – just tell me who was the best and what would their odds be against Floyd in their prime. Oh, wow. Well, Whoever in terms of styles, styles make fights. Yeah. It would have to be Sugar, and I hated Sugar Ray Leonard. I, just, I never liked him. I didn't like in 87 when he got that fraud decision against my man Hagler. But if, if I can't include Hagler, and if you have to say go those guys, and in that weight class, it would have to be Leonard because the guys would fall sucker to him fighting the last 10 seconds of a round. Oh, he would do this little stupid Ali thing. Ali style. Yeah, well, Ali, yeah, fine. But Old the, Ali style. But the judges liked it. And so if, to answer your question, reflexes, quickness, um, being crafty, I would have to say, even though I I hated him, but it would have to be Sugar Ray for I, me. Sugar Ray versus Mayweather, correct? In their prime. What, what's the what's your odds on that one? Public perception. I, no, no. I want you as the expert, Raj. 
Yes, Raj goes well, ESPN. I would say Mayweather would be because he never lost, and Sugar Ray was underdogs a couple of times. You know, he was. Especially I don't know. Against, was he underdog against Babe Lofton? I don't remember that one. I don't. What's your okay. pick in the fight? I think it's what we're getting at, right? Which my, what, what's what's Raj's pick okay. in the fight? Who do you pick so odds? you're going to bet I, at what number do you get really enticed to bet one side or the a other? It's a close. It's the closest. A minus one twenty for Mayweather, and since I haven't seen Mayweather lose, I have to go with him. I think he would find a way to win. AJ. It's kind of the same thoughts I have. I, I picked the same fighter, and I, I, I think the numbers kind of... Uh, so are, under that theory, you think Triple G is as good as any... Triple G's bigger than these guys, though. Okay. I mean, it, it, you're, you're talking about... Well, we mentioned Hagler. Well, yeah, but I, I took him out. He took him out. Hearns was a gigantic 147. Yeah. I, I guess if, I mean if you if you're putting in guys like that I mean maybe it maybe it makes a difference but I I, I was thinking at 154 pounds like a fi- oh, that's a weight that Mayweather's not going to be comfortable fighting at uh so I I, I would go Leonard and I, and I think I would t- be, like he said I've never seen Mayweather lose uh, and mm-hmm. I'm a guy who's wanted to see Mayweather lose a lot of times and it just doesn't happen he's, he's very good who, so, who would it be and what's your number so I like what they're saying on Leonard I think it would be an even fight against Floyd I'd give a slight edge to Floyd but. I think a really dangerous fight would be Hearns for like three rounds would be a ridiculous, like Hearns, but it would fight. be a ridiculous fight because how does Floyd fend him off, you know, at six, two and one fifty four, one forty seven for the first three rounds. That would be fascinating to watch. But the, be the best stylistic matchup because they're both great defensive fighters. Sneaky on offense would be Sugar Ray and Mayweather. It would also probably be a really boring fight. I don't think uh, Sugar Ray has many sometimes. boring fights like he just doesn't because he's a showman more so than Floyd. I don't think there's there are many boring fights. I think Sugar. I think if Sugar Ray fought a smart fight, yeah. it would be a boring fight. Yeah, sometimes okay. when you get counterfight against counterfighter, so really, what you guys are saying is this: other than heavyweight, because and again, I know there's some guy that was 131 and one I've never heard of or something, but amongst the big names outside of the heavyweights, Mayweather may be the best fighter. Let's say since 1970. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson or whatever. You know, because it was all, I mean, for years I heard, oh, he's undefeated, but he won't fight anyone. He won't, you know, whatever the crap stories were about Mayweather, ultimately you're saying no one would have been a clear favorite over him. See, I remember the early fights against Zab Judah. I remember those fights. And that's where they say, he, right, he put his hand down, like he actually faced diversity, you know, and, and he got up from it and he won those. So he was fighting guys in his prime back then, I felt. And then later in his career, he became a greater businessman. Yeah. And I ultimately, do, I, he I, fought I, everyone, right? I do think Floyd ultimately. would have lost some of those fights though in the eighties. I think he was the beneficiary of a, a weaker time, a weaker time, in, in, the in, in and also lose. the the guy who was super dangerous. I think could have been super dangerous for him. He avoided for six years, and that was Manny Pacquiao. So if they fight two or three times, those are probably pretty competitive fights when Manny's a little bit younger. And I'll be honest, Canelo and Triple G, the fact they are false starts or not fighting a second time and hopefully you know hopefully if it's a good fight more is something if may and here's the question if mayweather would have went two and one against pacquiao in his prime and they would have been like you know almost like ollie Frey. no one looks at ollie and say you're not the greatest because you lost to frazier i love the 50 no obviously is cool and now that he's done it it's cool but wouldn't his 20, 30, 50 years from now, wouldn't Mayweather's brand benefit if he had fought everyone in their prime? Even if he had, how many Even losses? if he lost a bunch of How twice. many did he, Sugar Ray Robinson have? He had like nine losses yeah. or something, didn't he? More than that. 
right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but him and Lamotta fought like after three weeks. They yeah. fought and fought again. And obviously, it was a different time. It's the way of uh, Bud Crawford, my man, Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence. Like, they're both kind of, you know, touching around. Like, the thing is, they have that zero. But if if they fought each other and one went two and one or if one went one and one, I wouldn't look any less. I wouldn't look. It was like Hagler Hearns. Have we really looked that farther down on Hearns when he lost that fight? You know, he was still like. Thank you. We probably wouldn't be talking about Hearns if it wasn't for that fight. Well, Thank you. Had, had Kovalev beat Andre Ward? Do you look at Andre Ward differently if Kovalev had won that first fight? No, because he fought him and it was that close. And, and it, was a, it was a, it, a yeah, coin flip fight. A fighters, prom- maybe it's promoters. I hate to put it on the fighters, but somewhere, somehow, it may be Floyd. Like we're talking about Floyd so much, he put this on where that zero is so important, where we're not getting the fights we want and people are so worried about that L, that one L. But, and I'm, I'm kind of with what he said, or actually with what you said, that sometimes two out of three is better than one and oh against a guy because had, had Kovalev won that first Andre Ward fight, Andre Ward wins the second and the third, knowing how close that first fight was, I think that increases Andre Ward's reputation more but than anything. More what he was saying is that uh, Mayweather and um, Pacquiao would have fought in their prime. It right. Been earlier. right. Instead yeah. of having one fight when they were both past their prime. Well, that's why I mentioned Ward and Kovalev because I think they're both, well, Kovalev looks like past his prime now, but sure. when, okay. but at the time, Ward so Kovalev won, it seemed yeah. like they were both in their but prime. listen, and I say this all the time with the caveat, Mayweather's done what he's done out of the ring and all that, and I'm not in a position to excuse that. I don't want to excuse it, but I had a really sharp fight or fight guy tell me the Canelo Mayweather fight, he's fighting him early because he knows he won't have any chance to beat him when he's 20. Uh, and you feel that? I, I may not have said that to you because no, I don't think we were talking at the time, but I said that on the air. I was like, this is a brilliant move. He's fighting him too early. Normally he fights guys yeah. too late, but he got him in his early 20s before he was going to really be in his prime 26, 27, 28. Here's what I know, and we're going to get to the predictions here to end the pod. These guys are not ducking each other, and because of that, it's something to see. One more interesting thing here. It's called an 8-bit game, Canelo and Triple G. Think you've got what it takes to become the champ? Pick your side and lead Canelo Alvarez or Triple G to the middleweight title with the Canelo Triple G 8-bit game. This is a really fun, interactive game. Features 8-bit rendering representations of Canelo, Triple G, and their rematch. In the game, the player chooses which fighter they want to be, and you can use boxing moves like a hook, cross, uppercut, or block to attack and defend those sound effects against the opponent. The fun and interactive boxing game can be played on Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Fans can use hashtag Canelo. Triple G 8-bit. That's all one word. The 8 is a number. Canelo Triple G 8-bit across social media platforms or go directly to www.canelogg8bit.com to play. All right, guys, that's best bets down the home stretch, as we used to say. Give me your your just plain prediction on the fight, and if you had to make one bet, you know, over under rounds, knockout, whatever. So two things: Raj Gobes, ESPN LA, and give your Twitter to start if you want. Raj, R O J Groves, G R O B as in boy E S. So at Raj Groves. Uh, my friend and I we went to the uh, books earlier, and I wanted to make the bet on Triple G winning knockout. You know, I just wanted to make him win, actually just win, and I froze. <laughs> as a fan, or as an you know an odds maker, and I think you're asking me as an odds maker. Um, as a fan, I want to see it end early. I want to see him just put it on him. I'm thinking, uh, you know, not on whatever. You want a bunch of action. 
Well, not just action, but I want to see him overwhelming, the bigger guy. But from watching that first fight, I know Canelo won't do the Mexican style. He's just not going to. And he is going to be a smart fighter. That's fine. You can say smart. He's not going to put himself in those type of exchanges. Then my second question comes, okay, if it comes to decision, I saw the first time, do I think Triple G can win a decision? And that's where I really hesitate. I wanted to bet that. And I got, I paused as a person that saw the first fight. I have some evidence. Okay, I have some tape of this. So if I'm an odds maker, I think Triple G is the better fighter. I thought he won the first fight. But remember, at minus 160 or so, that's the assumption. And I saw that too, okay. a little bit better. Right, and we all know that. But that minus 160, does that mean you think he'll win a a decision? And I pause on that. So what we're saying is you think the number is pretty much right. Yes, and the the number (laughs) made me pause. Do you like anything like... uh, To answer your question, I didn't bet anything. My friend bet uh, Triple G in the eighth round knockout. I'm hoping for a a TKO where he just can't continue, like come out the round. That's what, you know, not come out of his corner. So, TKO, fine. Triple G, TKO. (laughs) He's not going to get knocked out because he's not going to mix it up, but I think there's going to come a point where he's going to see I'm overwhelmed, this is too much, and he being Canelo... I'm not coming out of my corner or the corner stops it. You know, not a mas, no mas, not a mas. You want right. the number on that? Yes. So triple G, KO, TKO, DQ is plus 160. Oh, wow. So you flip it from minus 160 to plus 160. Well, so that's actually pricing in a real chance of him getting a decision there, huh? But I guess well, they, it's such you, a big favor to go the distance. Right. He mentioned that it's a, it's a massive favor to go the distance. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, for anybody to win by knockout, you're going to get good so plus triple money triple G not going 12. That would be my official thing. All right. So Raj took the scenic way, but we've got pick. <laughs> we got a pick from him. You said there's no time limit. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to prove I do not edit podcasts ever when you hear this. So let me, let me, uh, oh, let me build on your point because I think you're a little off on that. So knockout, who, who think about think this. Off? AJ. Okay. So think about this. Triple G, KO, TKO is plus 160. Canelo, KO, TKO is 700. Oh, boy. You're seven to one on a knockout by Canelo. It, well, that's what I was like, kind of like I was saying about uh, Mayweather Golovkin. There's, there's just there's little chance that Canelo's going to knock out Golovkin. He's just so. When I saw him, I've seen Canelo fight a few times. He just seems thick. I mean, it just doesn't have the power you would expect. He's fighting Khan and those kind of guys, and uh, Miguel he's fighting moving big up. You know, he's fighting other guys moving up to him. Yeah. All right, so this AJ, time he's moving up to someone else. AJ Raj took most of your time, but you can. No, it's all right. I don't, I don't need much. I'm, I'm putting the mic down. I'll be betting the mic. I'll be betting less. Uh, I'll be betting less because I foolishly am on the Ravens tonight, so it's uh, it's, that's not looking good. Uh, I, I just think Golovkin's the better fighter. I think he's angry. I, I think he's he's got a mental edge on Canelo. I, I mean, so how, I, do you maybe get, I, how do you get at it? The minus one sixty. May, maybe I get. I, I get ripped off again in a decision. Uh, I'm, it would, I wouldn't put it past me to have a Golovkin uh, ticket that I have to tear up because he doesn't win the decision. But that's the only way I can see the fight going. So you would bet, but you would lay the it, minus 160. I'd lay the minus 160. You wouldn't take Canelo by decision plus 180. Oh, if I can get that, yeah, that might be the bet. That that's actually Canelo by decision. Yeah, plus one eight. Yeah. Well, what's what's? But can, you just said you thought Triple G's going to win. Oh no, I I'm thought, sorry, I had that wrong. Oh. I had that wrong. Uh, Triple G by decision plus one eighty is plus two hundred. Plus two hundred. And yeah. what's what's uh, Golovkin by knockout? Plus one sixty. I'll split my bet on those two things. Oh, all right, <laughs> Steve Cofield. Yes, your pick. So, so I believe uh, Canelo smaller is going to be more effective. I don't think he's going to be screwed up mentally. 
So I'm actually going to bet Canelo at plus 130, plus 125. But I'm also backing up my bet, and I'm going to bet the under the 11 and a half rounds. So if there is a finish, I get plus 200 there. Which is probably, if if there is a finish, Uh it's likely Golovkin. Oh, he's like an arbitrage guy. Yeah, that's smart. Very smart. remember. I've done this before. Steve Covington is in the square chair. So how do you you split this up? Like 20 bucks on one and 10? You tell me. What should I do? I don't know. This is more advanced than I'm used to with boxing. Right? Yeah. What, where where should I put my bankroll? We're dinner hole? tonight. I'll okay. get the napkin out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Uh, by the way, AJ, uh, again, if you like uh, Houston sports, you want to follow AJ. Twitter? AJ is the real. The real. By the way, Raj gave his, but I tell you, your Instagram, I... I don't know many people I know. Oh, look, he's picking up his mic again. I don't know many people I know who I like their Instagram. Your Instagram is like this B, maybe a C-plus level celebrity in L.A. Uh, my friends call it the summer of Raj. But how long have they <laughs> called it that? Uh, I've had a good summer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what's made this summer particularly good? I've got other pictures that can't make Instagram. Okay. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> so what's the Instagram? Uh, same thing at Raj Groves. All right, it's interesting. It makes me like I go to LA maybe five six times a year, uh-huh. and I look and I go, I don't have that kind of fun. No. I'm like at the Super IMAX Theater, Universal, <laughs> the eighty foot or whatever. No, I'm you're, at the pool parties and I'm at the cruises, and yeah, we do. We have a good time. You know, it's kind of like we were actually here at the MGM about a year ago, and we were going to the steakhouse we're going to tonight. Yes, and it was packed. You couldn't get in. Raj walks up. Pulls out his ESPN card, like his little business card, and he says, hey, uh, we're here covering the fight. And he whispers some secret, and all of a sudden, it's like 10 seconds later, and they're walking us back to the table. What did you say? I'm with R.J. Bell. <laughs> no, he did not say that. <laughs> he, <laughs> what did you say? Well, like I say, Instagram, only certain photos can be on there. Only certain things can be said on your podcast, code. okay? <laughs> Steve Cofield is Simple. Twitter. Yep, at Steve Cofield, C-O-F-I-E-L-D. All right, guys. Hey, listen. Thanks I for having us. No prediction from RJ? I got No, I don't know. Listen. <laughs> I saw guys on ballers. He don't need no mention. I Socrates would say I know what I don't know. You uh, got 200 grand to do this podcast and you're not going to make a prediction. <laughs> <Now>, <laughs> that would be nice. That'd be nice. Now, here's what I'll say though. I think you guys know when I don't know I bring in the big guns. Honestly, I was fascinated by this conversation. Everyone Steve had his moments and then he was stumbling at the end. I got so weak there. We'll call, with the odds. We'll I got confused. Like, he brought the facts. He brought we'll the facts. Yeah, but when I don't know my stuff, I bring in the boys that do. Remember, we've got our NFL pod up and our college football. Talk to you next week.